need to talk with someone about something you can't talk about with anyone else, you can talk to us. I'm Dr. Susan Block, your mistress of the airwaves, but my day job is director of the Dr. Susan Block Institute for the Erotic Arts and Sciences, specializing in sex therapy over the phone. Anytime you need to talk, whether you need serious psychotherapy or a hot phone sex experience or a combination, my world-renowned telephone sex therapists are just a phone call away. Totally private, absolutely confidential. We listen, talk with you, advise you, role-play for you, fantasize with you. No fantasy is too taboo. And help you with anything from impotence to exhibitionism, fears to desires, fetishes to marriages. For more information, call us at 213-291-9497. That's 213-291-9497. Anytime you need to talk. You're listening to Radio Suzy One on the World Wide Web. And now, here she is, Dr. Susan Black. Brothers and sisters, lovers and sinners, artists and exhibitionists, voyeurs and connoisseurs, all you children of sex, and we are all children of sex, yeah, you know, we may or may not be children of Jesus, God, Adonai, Allah, Buddha, Brahma, mm, Krishna, or the great starship in the sky. We don't know. It's all possible. But we do know, scientifically, and... <clears throat> mm, Psychically, we are all children of sex with a capital X. Mm. Can I hear an amen? Amen. amen. <laughs> Can I hear an A women? A women. <laughs> all right. We are broadcasting this show, the Dr. Susan Block Show. The Dr. Susan, yes, right. That's me. The Dr. Susan Block Show, and I am your love doctor, your irreverend Dr. Susan Block, and your pleasure preacher, and I do try to practice what I preach. And I'm broadcasting live from the new Bonoboville. We uh, just moved here a little while ago, and uh, we're broadcasting uh, on Radio Susie 1, uh, live from LAX. You can just fly right in and we'll meet you here on the airwaves. And tonight, in my little studio, I am so honored and so delighted to have a great lady that I have admired for a long time here in the studio with me. Her name is Kay Parker. And uh, I'm sure that a lot of you know her uh, in a way. You're going to get to know her in other ways tonight. Um, but uh, I'm so happy to have you here, Kay. Hi. Hi. So nice to be here. Nice to have you and get close to that microphone. 
Yes, cave. that's right. You know how to get close to phallic objects. There you are. <laughs> I do. Very good. Very good. So we can hear you. We have to hear because this is radio. And uh, we're doing a little radio show tonight. You know, we often do these big, wild TV shows. But tonight yes. I want to have a very intimate conversation mm. with one of my favorite ladies that I'd never met until tonight, Kay Parker. So I also have a young man next to us, uh, between us, who introduced us. He's the yes. go-between. I mean, we met on the phone and through email. Uh, through the interwebs, but uh, it took Dave Bertolino to bring you over here. Yes. Here, here. And he drove us here. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. Thank you, Dave. All right. Where's your limo driver cat? I have it in the car. Okay, because we could do a lady in the limo driver. Nice. <laughs> I like that. Yes. So Dave brought you here partly because I mean I'm sure there's multiple reasons as there always are, but but we're 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 both going to be part of this Hollywood show. Yes. Right? And this is very exciting. Uh, Legends of Adult Cinema is going to feature you uh, as uh, as part of this Hollywood show, That's which right. is going to be January third through fifth. At the Lowe's Hollywood Hotel. Yes. Do we want to know anything more about that before we move on to... 82 celebrities uh, on the 4th and 5th, the Saturday and Sunday. And uh, we're thrilled to have uh, a section called The Legends of Adult Cinema. And um, it's the first time this show in 33 years has, has done that. And oh. so uh, it's going to be fun. So the show is 33 years old. Yes, and this is the first time they're going to have adult, the adult section. Yes. <laughs> wow, the blue movies. Wow. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are people going to have to have a special stamp and stuff? And as long as they're <laughs> over the age. And, right. And uh, we've added Nina Hartley, Veronica Hart. Great. Uh, just yesterday, we added Jenna Jameson. Oh, right. Uh, Seika's on board. Uh, some and, of course, she has a book. Yes. yes. She's on a book tour. Uh, Sugar. Uh, and, uh, and and Richard uh, Pacheco has an abridged um, uh, short book out. Uh, an abridged short book. <laughs> a short book. Yes, hindsight. We we had uh, Richard Pacheco, aka Howie Gordon, a mutual friend of ours. Yes. On the show uh, last week, and uh, you're telling me this is only half, and it's like uh, 800 pages. <laughs> anyway, whatever. Uh, so it's it's a great book, though. Yes. However yes. long it is, it doesn't yes. matter. That's you right. know, when a book is good, it doesn't it's matter. Good. Yeah. You want more. Yeah. You keep wanting more and more. <clears throat> yeah. So. What's wonderful about it, if I, if I might just give it a little plug, because he is a friend of mine. Yes, and that you play a strong part in it. Well, it was a nice part. I was happy yes. to see that, but... The, the wonderful thing about Howie is I don't think you expect it from a male X-rated film star. Some of the, He's very sensitive. And it was almost yes. like reading some of the parts where he, he's actually going through his own changes about being there reminded me of thoughts and emotions I had when I was there. So it, 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 it surprised me in a sense. But that's who he is. He's well, yes, sensitive. and that's one reason that he was many of the uh, lady porn stars' favorite leading man. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And, of course, you were a favorite of many, many. And, uh, and we should say that, of course, most of you who are listening, watching, uh, if you can see it on webcam, uh, you know Kay Parker 
from this period of time in her life when she was a great star of the adult screen. And uh, the movie that made you famous, let's say, put you on the map, mm -hmm. is a very intense movie. And it's actually a series, and uh, it's called Taboo. And I'm sure that a lot of people that are tuning in right now are big fans of Taboo. And uh, it was only a small part of your life, but such a big effect it yes. had on so many people. And, and still to this day. Oh, yes. That's the one movie that people seem to um, relate to, respond to, talk about when they send me emails. It's, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Well... In more ways than one. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it taps into a certain craziness that we can all kind of relate to. Mm -hmm. We could all, we've all got a mom. You know, we could all go yeah. over the edge, and many have children. Not everyone does. But, you know, it's all something, it's so basic, such mm -hmm. a basic, basic thing. But before we get too deeply into that basicness, uh, I just want to say that you have a wonderful book that... I don't have a copy of, but I do have uh, this, this kind of cover, cover. Mm -hmm. um, and the book is like $9,000 on Amazon or something <laughs> like that. I'd love to be getting that for him. <laughs> Somebody is selling it. Wait, it's I crazy. think it's like $2,700, yes, I've on Amazon. Well, yeah. well worth it. Well worth mm. it. I, I think so, yeah. But I think you should, you know, come out with a, a cheaper version. You know, uh, but anyway, you I will. I will reprint. Yes. I will. I will. But meanwhile, meanwhile, there's a, a text version and an audio version on my website. Okay. So it's so available. You can, you can get it an ebook. Yes. Basically. Well, yes. Yes. It's an e you can it's get an a e text version yes. on the website. And audio. And I can't hear on my uh, headsets, by the way. Okay. Did you, you guys, she can't I hear I can on hear you on my headsets, but really? not me or oh, okay. uh, actually Kay. They're going to fix it. So. I just want to say something. I bet yes. nobody in this room knows. Okay. You know who else was in that series? Oh. A friend of mine, my wife. <laughs> she was in Taboo Number One. I was saving that news. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I wasn't in Taboo Number One. Uh, I'm number, in Taboo Number Four. Number Four. I, Which I wasn't in. N no. Well, there's shots Flashback. of me. Flashbacks. Flashbacks. Right. But I played uh, a non-sex role, Doctor Stella Sydney. I see. <laughs> I I I interview. Uh, I actually interview Jamie Gillis. Mm. Um, he had to interrupt to do that. I was about to talk about your book. But anyway, we'll get back to my part because it's really a tiny little part. Uh, but somehow it's part of my connection to you. Ha. Huh. Huh. It okay. is part of that. Okay. You know, okay. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm... Yeah. It's crazy, in yeah. a way, how I got to be in that movie. Right. You know, as... As a talk show host interviewing Jamie Gillis about his book, about having sex with his daughters. No, it was actually about incest, but he hadn't had sex with his daughter yet. But he was going to. Okay. These are themes that are just not even dealt with anymore, really. And, and, and I know people are listening, and some people are going, yeah, they're talking about it, great. And some people are going, oh, my God. Right. Isn't there a law against this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so, but back to your book for just a moment, actually for a few moments. This uh, is a beautiful book. It's called Taboo. 
wonder why. Sacred but don't touch. It has different meanings. Yes. Sacred don't touch by Kay Taylor Parker. Mm -hmm. And, you know, your stage name for the adult film industry is Kay Parker. Your name for my, my as real an author. Name. And my your real, real name, name is Kay Taylor. Your real name is Kay Taylor. Yes. And so Kay Taylor Parker is kind of the combination. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. integrated at a certain point because there was, seemed to be so much more emphasis on the Parker. And, and I thought, well, I kind of like how Taylor Parker sounds. So taboo, sacred, don't touch, is an autobiographical journey spanning 6,000 years of Kay Parker's can't say life lives lives existences yeah right right and you do tell the story of this life quite well including the story of your mm. um early years <laughs> in what you call the sad gray world of post-world war ii england and uh and mm. This is your mother. I'm showing a picture now of your mom Me and mom. you. My mom, yes. Already looking like an actress. <laughs> very, very dramatic. Really? Right? Yeah. Dramatic kind of a dramatic baby, yes. yes. Yeah. Very dramatic. And this is your sister? My sister, yes. Uh -huh. Yes. Yeah. So there you are in post-World War II England. Yes. So tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up there as a star child and mm -hmm. as a soon-to-be porn icon, <laughs> even though you had no idea of any of this right. at the time. Well, I think, you know, I should start by saying that I don't really remember anything before the age of four. And, and also just to, just to perhaps give a little definition of star being, what a star being is. A star being is um, a soul, essentially, who has had multiple lifetimes or other existences before this life. There are a lot of us on the planet at this time, and we agreed to be here to kind of hold so a So not balance. everybody gets to not be a star not being? Not everybody is a star being. No, no, no. Some people just have one life. It's some. Well, I think most people have multiple lifetimes, but... but uh, it's it's kind of complicated, and mm. then it would take two hours to kind of explain the whole right. thing. But there are many, many, many individuals who are aware, uh, the sensitive ones, we'll call them that, mm -hmm. who, have, who have had other experiences before this lifetime. And those are what I refer to as star beings. And you say and in, your, in your book, you are one of the chosen. You heard this voice yes, as a in child. your head. <clears throat> and yeah. I think whether you understand star being or not, if you've seen this movie Taboo, you could agree that this woman, Kay Parker, Kay Taylor, is one of the chosen. Yeah. So what was that voice? Where, where did that voice come from? I, I, I didn't know what it was or where it came from until many, many, many years later when I was... Um, I love your straw. Oh, thank so you so great. much. <laughs> Not exactly porn star size. It's but beautiful. It's wonderful. <laughs> but so many, many years later when I was really uh, 
firmly ensconced on my spiritual journey, I realized that it was actually me talking to me or the God me talking to me saying, you, you chose to be here now. You chose to come in. You chose to be here and have this experience. And as such, you're important. And what, what you do and who you are is important. You came to play a, a part. But Not just a part in the, in the movie, but to, to bring a message. Yes. To bring a message. And you needed to hear that message because I think it was kind of tough for you in some ways. Yes. You had asthma, you know. You, you, you Many star beings do, actually. Mm -hmm. There is a little book that appeared years and years ago called Star, star Born, and it was a research project done by a guy by the name of Brad Steiger. Uh, about people who had this sense that they'd been here before, mm. that they'd had multiple existences. And he was just researching. And it turned out that many of these individuals actually did have asthma. They experienced asthma and lung issues hmm. and many other things. I had illnesses. asthma when I was a kid. Well, hello, star being. <laughs> <laughs> twinkle, 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 twinkle. twinkle. <laughs> I did. I don't have it anymore. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah well, we grow out of it. But yeah. Well, I had to have an operation, actually, but uh, that's another show. Okay. So back to you. I mean, uh, other than these wonderful voices in your head, you also escaped from the dreariness of uh, world post-World War II England through the movies. And one of your I favorites, did. you say, is Flash Gordon, who was a Yaley, my alma mater, too, as Dave knows from last, year, last week's panties. Remember the Yale yes. panties? You want some. Yeah. Right. But Flash go, Gordon go was Yale. a Yaley who traveled around outer space, yes. actually. Yes. I don't know if you knew he was a Yaley. Oh, he went to Yale went to University, Yale. yes. Oh, no, that I didn't know that. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes, that's part of his background. Well, oh, yes. Go. And There's he was a polo connection. player. He was a polo okay. player who was one of the chosen. Basically, some, somebody snatched him up and started taking him around, having adventures in outer space. But, you know, got to start somewhere. So he started at my alma mater. So you loved Flash Gordon, and, and that was, I guess... Well, I, w I used to go to Saturday morning matinees for kids, and it was on one occasion when we were watching Flash Gordon that I had an OBE, or out-of-body experience. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. And I, I was just, like, not in my seat anymore. I was flying around the movie theater. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So you so describe something. a few of those in, mm -hmm. in your book. Yeah. 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 Where you just kind of leave your body. Mm. And it's a little and disconcerting. You're, yeah. You're watching it. It's scary. Mm. But, but you kind of, it's kind of like getting outside of yourself. Well, it's kind of but fun. You know, you, you get can to be. feel like flying in a way. It, it can, can be. be. I mean, if, if you know what it is, and, and there are those that practice it frequently, you know, in adulthood, then they, they, they're usually people who are on a spiritual journey. And, and there's a reason that they want to go out of body. They mm. want to go traveling in the universe, right? So... Mm. But this was something that happened just very spontaneously. And, and most other times that it happened, it was very spontaneous. Now, some so people think they're having out-of-body experience when they're on certain drugs. Right. And right. maybe well, they are. Maybe they are. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of drugs, you know, the drug and sex revolution w sort of swept you up at mm -hmm. a certain point and took you, let's say... You know, you, you had a lot of detours, but eventually you landed in California. I did. Yeah. What a journey getting here. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, but, um, but before you got here and 
just got swept up in, in the whole sexual revolution, part of which was making movies. Right. You know, before that, um, you had some interesting experiences that I just want to touch on uh, in your youth or your childhood, I guess, that were uh, sexual that you describe in the book and that may have had an influence. Uh, and, mm -hmm. uh, and one of them you call um, very sweetly... Pair penis to pair penis to pair <laughs> yes I don't know why I did that but but the penis to pair the penis of my father yes and it was an event which I think was profoundly pivotal in in my childhood where one evening or one night I woke up uh, thinking that some stranger was in my room strangling me and what had happened was my arm had just gone to sleep and was across my throat. Mm. You know, we all experience that from yeah. time to time. To doesn't time. feel like your own arm. It doesn't. It, fe it felt like a lead weight. And so I was scared to death. And I, I screamed out. And my father came racing into the room. You it know, for this moment, I think we should focus the camera on uh, Kay. Sure. Just because we don't want anyone to think you're her father. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And behind you, by the way, is a beautiful painting that was donated to us last week by Amber Chase. But anyway, back to Kay. So uh, my father came running into the room, and it was perhaps the most tender moment I ever experienced with him because he, he was uh, a man who had had a lot of war experiences, and he had post-traumatic you know, um, stress, stress syndrome. Stress disorder. And uh, the family kind of suffered a lot from that. And he went away a lot. And he went away a lot. And so, but, so, but he came running in. He, he answered my call and stroked my head and made me feel better. And mm -hmm. I realized there wasn't anybody else in the room. But then all of a sudden, I realized that there was something else present, very present, that I had never seen before. Mm. And it was his... Penis. It was his na he was he naked. He was naked. He just ran he into just the room, in. out of the bed. He was he yeah. kind of sleeps naked in bed. Yeah. So, you know, and it was perfectly natural, and yet perfectly natural, Whoa. highly significant because in that moment, I the child and and uh, one of my teachers, earlier teachers, explained this to me that because a child does not know the difference between what's what's right or wrong in terms of you know sexual energy it's like you just when you sense something like this it was it was emanating this energy and i wanted it i wanted because that that represented his love to me because yeah. in that moment it represented love but then it was snatched away when he realized he was naked it was like you know the he shame felt the shame the shame mm. came in and rushed out of the room, and that was that. Yes. So highly significant. One of those, what I call milestones in 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 my history. Yes, and you call it kind of this me. transference of shame. Yes. Yes. yes exactly. And right. of course, these taboo movies that are about the incest taboo, um, yeah. and are so like lurid and deal with it in such a in-your-face way. I mean, which is wonderful, but. Um, most people don't deal with the most people you know keep this under wraps, under wraps. as it mm -hmm. should be mm -hmm. i guess yes it should be 
yes. Uh, but it's there. It's there. It's, there. Right. it's definitely there. And, and what is the right way to deal with it? It's so challenging for any parent. I mean, should your father have just like hung out with you and uh, not covered himself? Or should he have covered himself? Or should he have left like he did? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But he did Who what knows? he did. Yes. And, and so there is this little message of shame yes. that is transferred. Yes. Now, there's another story that you tell. I kind of sympathized with your father because, you know, I don't know, hanging out with your daughter naked, it's a little bit much. Yeah. <laughs> but with your mother, she walked in on you when you were masturbating, which yes. is a typical thing that mothers do. All the time. Can you tell that story? Well, yes. She, I, I, it was, I, I don't even remember exactly what age I was, but I was experiencing the awakening you know, in my private parts, and and as little girls are one to do, to start examining and and checking it out, and so there I am sitting in the living room <laughs> in front of the fire, just examining yes my parts, and long and before our bodies ourselves, but it's what we do right. And she walked in, and I can still hear her to this day. It's like <gasps> you know, it's that the intake of breath. First of all, the shame breath. <gasps> you know, what are you doing? Yes. Don't you ever let me catch you doing that again. Aww. And don't you ever let a man touch you there. Aww. So that's the imprint. Don't you ever let a man touch you yes, there. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that, well, that was just... You can't touch and he can't touch and whoa, there's not it's much... It's a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm sure she, yeah, I, you know, in retrospect, she probably would have said, well, that was kind of a stupid thing to say, but, but that's what she said in the moment. Well, we certainly forgive her. We certainly do. Because all the things <laughs> that you've had happen to you have made you who you are. But we don't right. recommend that parents do that. Right. And in fact, you tell another story in your book about a young mother who yes. you spoke to yes. later. And yes. tell that story. Um, somebody I didn't know, but we just we were just having a conversation. And, and I don't know how it came up, but we started to talk about the subject. And... She said, I have a, a small daughter who was at that time about the same age as I was when I first started my exploration. And she said, I walked in on, and, and discovered her exploring her, her little parts. And I said, what did you do? And she said, I sat down with her and in the best way I could did it together and explained certain things to her. And I said, oh, my God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, for sparing this child a life, a lifelong, you know, sense of shame. Sense of shame. Yeah. Although it could have yeah. come in from other directions, it but at could, least yeah. not from that moment. That, that moment, moment, the mother is validating. She is validating. saying, this is a totally normal, natural thing to happen. And here, let me help you. Let me guide you. Let me, let me be wise about this. It's just, it's Which I can't recommend, you know, for parents to guide because it's the the climate is uh, is just not very accepting of child sexuality. But anyway, uh, but I mean, it's certainly good of, to validate. Yeah, but in terms of a little girl who's discovering that she has some parts that are feeling kind of good, I remember once being with my family in England and mm. and my my then young, I don't know, six, seven-year-old niece was kind of wriggling and around on her chair a lot. And 
I, l I looked over to her mother and said, what, what's she doing? And then, then she said, oh, you know, it's that time. She's starting to, you know, she was just sort of mouthing this. This She's starting to experience, you know, who she is and the fact that she has some very sensitive, sensitive parts. parts. absolutely. And I said, oh, cool, okay. And nobody was shaming her. Nobody was really even doing anything about it it was just they were they were total acceptance and and i was so impressed with my family at that point mm. that they were that they were wise enough intelligent enough just to just to say okay that's what she's doing you know they they yeah. weren't shaming her they weren't shaming her or judging her she was <laughs> i got a mixed message myself mm. but you know that's what makes me who i am my mother when she discovered me uh, playing with myself, I think it was even at the dinner table. She said, first of all, you don't do that at the dinner table. You do that in your room. Mm. And so I did pick up some shame that I can't do this in public, this fun thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I could do it. At least I could do it somewhere. And then she said, and also your hands are dirty and it's clean down there. So you wash your hands before. And she was probably right that my hands probably had food all over them and That's smart so you know i i kind of got a good message i think, I think from my a good mom message thanks mom yes but at the same time you know shame is is uh, is transferred to us by virtue of just living in human civilization mm -hmm. you know where we 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 kind of have these uh mores that yes that you know if your parents don't teach you that you don't do it at the dinner table then right. you're going to get into trouble so then you have to kind of learn some level of shame. And, and that's, that's why taboo is so compelling, because yeah. of all that shame that we feel as a culture. There's another part of the shame, though, that I always like to talk about, and because it's, it's, it's another of the dynamics. And that is that when shame is passed on, there's somehow... It's, it's a strange dynamic, but I, I, I've discovered over and over again where the person will make a, I call it a psychic promise to the parent that they're accepting the shame from. And that promise is a promise that kind of like ties them to a certain behavior. And right, and that's the problem right there. It's like trying to be good for mommy or daddy. Yes, that's a promise. Yes, right? mm -hmm. All, uh, yeah, like a promise to God. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and it stays there with yeah. them until they realize that okay, you can break this contract now. You don't have to carry this any longer. <laughs> yeah, and even when you do realize it, it it, it keeps coming back, yeah. and you have to keep reminding yourself that, you know, you don't have these like sort of old contracts based on shame. Yeah. So, okay, so acting entered your life. I, I mean, you were always kind of an actress. Your dad said, K, RK was always acting it up. But it started with tantrums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then it became asthma, and then it became actual acting in sort of Hollywood, a part of Hollywood called the porno industry. Yeah, well, I think the acting it up was was his way of, of saying that I was a handful or something that I was dramatic, but I was really frustrated. You yeah. know, it was like I had no no creative stimulus. But um, isn't that often the impetus behind acting? Absolutely. Behind actors and actresses of all kinds, absolutely. whether in porn or in so-called mainstream? 100%. It's like, I got to prove something. Yeah. I got I to get my voice heard. I want to be seen. Yes. You know, uh, there's always an element of 
exhibitionism, although Howie insists he's not an exhibitionist, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with that. But I mean, we love you, Howie. <laughs> <laughs> to me, I mean, all actors have a, a, hint, a, a hint of that, at least emotional exhibitionism, but you know, often physical as yeah, well. Yeah. So, so you you came to Hollywood. You were involved in different types of um, sort of theatrical endeavors. You studied acting. And then you kind of got invited to be in this movie called Sex World, yeah. where you played a horny housewife. A horny housewife, <laughs> yes. <laughs> there was a, actually a, it was a few. There was a few movies into the career, but it was my first sex role, and um, for the great Anthony Spinelli, the director. Yes, who and Howie is also a big fan of mm, Anthony Spinelli. Well, he, Sam Weston Sam is Weston. the uh, stage name. Yeah, well, Sam Sam had made uh, a movie years and years prior to than that, which 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 focused on an interracial relationship, which right. won best film at the Cannes Film Festival. Right, the, right, but it was year. so controversial. He somehow had difficulty getting work. So, like many people who had difficulty getting work in mainstream, he got into this uh, this wonderful world of movies with sex. Yeah, you know, so and they were movies with sex. They weren't like porn now which yes. is all focused on sex it right. was the, the sex was part of the movie yes we had 100 page scripts and sometimes a shooting a shooting a two week shooting schedule um i think that was the longest but that was pretty long i mean that's that's kind of the way of um b movies low uh, mainstream low budget b movies you know are shot oftentimes in two weeks so anyway it was it was a great time actually to get into the movies because um i had fun i had fun i remember you look like you're having fun yeah i mean there was a movie that i did it's called seven into snowy which was kind of like a modern day take on snow white and the seven dwarfs and i played the wicked stepmother I mean, oh, can you imagine? Yes. It was great. I mean, it was great mixing. You know, we had the cauldron with the dry ice, and I was mixing spells, and it was it was what? Whoa, this is fun. This is. And what really about the first time having sex on camera? Yeah. I mean, you have a whole chapter almost, or half the chapter, mm -hmm. devoted to all your conflicted thoughts about. You know, I could leave. Okay, no, I can't. You know, so many <laughs> mm -hmm. conflicted, interesting thoughts that go through your mind yes well how would you put that in a nutshell what were you going through that first time well I think ultimately the realization that once it's done it's done and you, Sam Weston told you yes that. he told me that he said think think really hard about this or think a lot about it because once it's on film it's on film there is no turning back because he don't want you suing him <laughs> no, he was very realistic. He 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 took me yeah. sort of under his wing, yeah. and and uh, no, that's good. Uh, he, I actually went. I first time I ever dyed my hair red was for Sam, and I've been red ever since. So it was kind of like you know, yeah, kind of like a tribute to Sam Weston. But um, uh, it was it was one of those moments where you know you're there on the set and you're shooting all kinds of scenes and and but we haven't done the penetration scene yet. Mm -hmm. And there's that moment where it was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. If I'm going to renege, I have to do it right now. Yeah. 
I mean, all these people, you know. Yes. So, but you, you were having definite second thoughts. I mean, but then you went ahead and... Yeah. I don't know how serious they were. I mean, yes, the thoughts were there. And, you know, it's like the left brain was doing its job. Yeah. But ultimately, I do believe I'd already made the decision. You were chosen. You, you felt yes. like this was part of your path. I did. I did, this absolutely. It felt right. Yeah. It felt right. And is this from that era? I've got this picture of you. Yeah. Is that, this is around that time? Yeah, that was beginning? right. That was uh, for Taboo, actually. That was this for was still. for Taboo. That was a okay. still for, for Taboo. So yeah. let's skip ahead a little bit. I mean... Uh, <laughs> you were in another, your second movie was, what was your second movie? Um, I know I have that somewhere. You must know what your <laughs> second movie I'm is. I'm sitting here going, ah, uh, <laughs> let me see if I can remember. Uh, <laughs> well, the second well, you met this woman, this, this, uh, this makeup artist. Yeah. Health right. Spa. Right. Health Spa. Right. On Health Spa. <laughs> and, and then you did some other movies, but let's let it, let us cut to taboo a little bit here. Okay. Um, because this is the picture that was from the promotion for that movie. Right. And that movie was made in 1980. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, it's a very powerful movie. and uh, Which I, I turned down at first. Yeah. Yeah. Because it didn't, I said, oh, my goodness, this is a tough theme. I had friends who were yeah. victims of incest. Mm. And I had actually just seen a TV show in Hollywood on the same subject. Right. And they were just starting to do these TV yes. shows on the subject yeah. and dealing with it, you know, yeah. seriously at that time, you know, like on Donahue and shows yeah. like that. Yeah. And so this director, uh, Curdy Curdy Stevens. Stevens. Yes. Who, yeah, I yeah. remember him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Curdy Stevens... He and his wife, the she team, wrote it. She wrote it, right? Her name is Helena. Hel Helene, Helene Terry. Helene Terry, yes. He just passed away yes. last year at the yeah. age of ninety-two. So the sex was good for him. I guess so. um, yeah, <laughs> at least this lifetime. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know about the others. And Helene Terry, I guess yeah. she's still on Earth. I suppose I. The last contact I had with any member of the family was when their son approached me about doing a, a video for it. The, they had just actually won back the rights to the movie. And, of course, they were producing a DVD, and they wanted to spruce it up and do interviews. And, and Stephen, the son, um, was the one who contacted me. And I said, I have to ask you this question. <laughs> Because the very famous seduction scene was shot in his bedroom. Oh. <laughs> as a 16-year-old. I forget how old he was, but he was a teenager. Oh, wow. And we shot that scene. That how authentic. Right? <laughs> everybody, you know, people used to stop me on the, st on the street and go, Kay Parker, taboo, oh, my God, that scene with you and the son. It was like you that the was the that one scene. That is the scene. big scene. That's that the big is scene. the most intense scene. Although I just want to say before we get into discussion of that scene and I want to talk about the passion test okay. but before I do that I want to say there's another scene that's very intense maybe because it's more commonly experienced and that is the scene before where your son the who plays your son uh, Mike uh, wait a second. Mike Ranger Mike Ranger is watching you take a shower right and then kind of dry off and s sort of rub lotion and then right. put your clothes on 
And of course, this is commonly experienced by, I mean, by many, many sons, sons to just see their mother in the shower and just all the many feelings that mm -hmm. go through them. Not very many sons have sex with their mother, which is for the best, but many do see their mother taking a shower and, and the feelings that must be processed. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that scene you did so, so beautifully, just just really innocently, mm. just, just uh, you weren't, you know, I, I don't know what you were thinking about, but we assume you're not thinking about your son at that point. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> but he's certainly watching you. I'm thinking about how can I make this look more glamorous because being glamorous was not easy for me. Oh, my God, you're so inherently glamorous. <laughs> but it was, you know, it was sort of every time I had to do a photo shoot, it, it, it just felt so strange to me. You're just especially glamorous when you're naked, I have to say. <laughs> because the fashions of <laughs> the day, you. the fashions of 1980 were not flattering, let me just say. <laughs> oh. and, and, and especially what they had you in, because I think they wanted you to look like conservative mm -hmm. so you know you're wearing the boxy top and yeah. covered and long skirt covers legs boots you know everything down so to reveal your yeah. body was just such a, a beauty like a mm. like an artwork thank you, you know? so thank you i i really felt for your son mm. watching you and just thinking oh. wow you know mom beautiful oh, wow so many feelings wow. yeah so yeah so that scene and then of course the most intense scene and that word intense doesn't seem strong strong enough, enough. <laughs> i know for me that i went into an altered state i have to tell you this um and and this is part of the lead up to the story about how significant in my life yes. as a whole that scene is yes um they literally just turned the cameras on and let them run. There was very little direction. Mm -hmm. And and what I did was it just seemed natural, uh -huh. so to speak. It's very natural. And um, I just let myself... It's horrifyingly natural, okay? <laughs> Don't try this at home. <laughs> but I really did feel that there was some other kind of force that came in. And I know there's going to yes. be a lot of people hearing this. They're going to roll their eyes and say, oh, sure. Not <laughs> if they like, see the scene. I tell you, scene. you know, okay. there's yeah. different names for the force, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you want to be just on this plane, you could just say the chemistry. I yeah. mean, the chemistry yeah. was definitely there. Definitely there. Mm. And no you doubt about and it. Mike, mm -hmm. who plays your son, and by the way, is 26 years old, okay? At the time, right? Uh, was 26 <laughs> years old at that time, right? He doesn't stay 26, not Dorian Gray. Okay, so... Uh, yeah, so I wonder what he looks like these days. <laughs> well, you know, film keeps you that age. It's just amazing. I know, it is. Yeah, yes. but yeah. he... Uh, yeah, I mean, th there's so much chemistry between you. And you had met before. You had been in, in movies together. Um... I don't believe so, oh, okay. um, oh. but we had met, mm -hmm. and I, I was attracted to him. I have to say, there was something about Mike that was attractive, and, and so there was a little chemistry a there. <laughs> <laughs> That's just one thing. <laughs> but so I think I had known him and seen him around the movie sets, and so I thought it would be nice to work together, mm. you know, to be able to have that energy translate in a role is, is, is great, you know, because many times, let's face it, I mean, this is reality of making X-rated films. It's like you don't always have that connection with your partner. Right. 
or I did not of always. Course. Right, it's I work. Mean, so a lot of times it's work, and don't. and sometimes you just don't you just don't resonate with that person. Sometimes I did, and sometimes and it's part of the scene not to resonate. Exactly. In a way, like for instance, right. your character uh, Barbara Scott in Taboo, the first scene is sex with your husband. Right. And you guys don't resonate at all. No. I mean, it's really <laughs> hot sex, but it's like he's you know a complete asshole and you're kind of a prude you don't want to have the lights on he's forcing you down uh you know he's like i mean it's it's impatient uh you know there's a negativity about it and it's interesting because you know porn isn't they don't show different types of sex like this everybody's supposed to be happy nowadays oh really when they're having sex oh. i guess <laughs> i don't know it's 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 just that you you guys were in character and in fact that scene being left by your husband, uh, you know, and then of course going out on a blind date with a guy who an orgy with a woman. I rolled with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Better, but well, Barbara wasn't about Barbara to. Barbara wasn't about to. No, no, no. Your character was a bit of a prude. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. for those times, mm-hmm. especially. I mean, here everybody's having an orgy. Right. Um, and of course, before that, your oh, boss I didn't tried know you to were harass. Right. Hello, Sherry. Hello, Mrs. Scott. Honey, I'm sorry I didn't fix up yes. tonight, but uh, your decrepit yes. well, old mother has a date. No kidding. Well, I guess you uh, yeah. won't be getting home till pretty late, huh? Some Probably will be pretty late. Now you two don't work too hard. I've had I've had fans write to me and say that that there's an obsession there. Yeah. And what should they do? Yeah. Uh, Tough and question. Well, I think it depends. Mm-hmm. It depends. You know, sometimes when you're obsessed with something, you just need to accept it, yep. at least as a thought, mm-hmm. as, a, an, as long as you don't do anything about it. Exactly. If you accept it, that loses the power. It loses power. Uh, the more you fight it, you know, it, it's like, well, Barbara was fighting her feelings yes. and fighting and fighting and fighting. And and she did maybe want to go into the orgy because she keeps thinking about the orgy. Exactly, after the fact. So maybe if yes. she had joined the orgy, she wouldn't have jumped her son. But she wasn't, that's not her character. You right. know, that's not the script. The script was she didn't do the orgy. You know, she's been harassed by yes. these guys. She's going crazy, can't find her sleeping pills. Yep. Uh, and you portray her just confusion and desperation talk about desperate housewife okay (laughs) this was desperate housewife long before Mm -hmm. you know back and forth walking with this great white gown and and just so desperate until you finally give in yeah well i heard him moan in his sleep that's what drew me into the room you know it's like junior it's it's Name was Judy, actually. Well, it was Paul. 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 But turning over and groaning, and and it was like a call to her to come into the room. Yeah. Yeah. And then (laughs) it's just so, I mean, primal, Mm. you know. And of course, this this fantasy, the uh, the incest fantasy, is pretty primal. It's Oedipus, you know, Oedipal. Freud called it Oedipal. after all, the, the closest relationship is mother and child yeah. and, and maybe mother and son because it's opposite sexes. Yeah. Uh, and there's so many taboos and yet there's this intensity and yeah. Yeah. Tough. Yeah. I get 
today uh, still I, I receive hundreds of emails from gentlemen in the Middle East and India primarily, I have to say, who who are uh, fans of the movie and who have these fantasies with their mothers and are really confused and mm. torn. You know, I think this kind of fantasy cuts across every culture mm -hmm. because we all have mothers, so mm -hmm. it's it cuts across. But when you're in a culture where you can't see any other woman without her head covering, besides your mother and maybe your sister and maybe your aunt, you know, you're going maybe gonna have a little more intensity? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying yeah. to say those cultures have it more. Uh, maybe all that it is is that your movie has been released in those cultures. It, it or it's possible, yeah. You know, but yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's, so let me ask you, as a, as a healer, mm -hmm. do you get clients that come to you because of these scenes and then you need to heal them spiritually and kind of use your power that, that you got from playing this role in order to help people? Um, there have been times, let me answer this, the, the question this way, and that, there have been times where I've been working with a, a gentleman who didn't know about my career because there were a number of years, quite a few years, where I didn't disclose. I was Kay Taylor doing spiritual counseling, and, and I didn't disclose, or, and, or they didn't know about the career, but there was something that was stopping them from um, opening up a little bit deeper so that we could get in and do the healing, for lack of a better term. And there would be times when, because I knew it was a sexual issue at the root for them, I would say, let me just share something about myself. And this happened many times. And after I had disclosed that I had had this career, they opened up. They felt more comfortable somehow. It, they, they might have been in awe, but, but there, it, it seemed to unlock a part of their consciousness that, that disallowed them from sharing more and from opening up. It was like, obviously, oh, okay, well, this is a woman who has seen everything and done everything, whatever, you know, which is so untrue. But, but, <laughs> 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 but the mere fact that I had had this career, uh, it just seemed to it, it, it lessen their inhibition. Yeah. And they were able to open up, and it, and it was effective. It worked. Well, so there's so much shame attached yes. to people's feelings about sexuality. Exactly. And to know you're someone, number one, who has been, who's opened up, who's had all kinds of sex, you know, and, and yeah. understands sex, they feel, and, and also someone who's not straight and narrow, even mm -hmm. though you're very proper. Right. You, you remind me of Lynn Redgrave, who was an old friend of mine oh, before she died. And she was wonderful. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah, I, I want to talk about your, um, your healing that you do, but I also want to talk about a, a healing, not a healing, that a test that was done on you. And this was done, oh, before we talk about the test... We're going to just uh, take a little break, but I want to just let everybody know what the test is going to be. So you can bring the, the, the music up now. The test is going to be a passion test. It was done by Ryan, is his name? Ryan? Ryan, Ryan yeah. Ryan, yeah. okay. We're going to come back in just a moment. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, so don't come yet and don't go away. We'll be right back with the passion tech test with Kay Parker. What will it be? What makes her feel the most passion? sexual abuse? Has your sex life been hurt, warped, or excessively repressed by a strict, religious, anti-sex upbringing? Are you concerned that an unhealthy, fundamentalist, or orthodox environment is distorting or destroying your sexuality, your marriage, or your life in general? The Dr. Susan Block Institute specializes in treating victims of religious sexual abuse. For information about our telephone sex therapy services, Call 1-866-207-7521 or 213-291-9497. That's 1-866-207-7521 or 213-291-9497. You won't go to hell for it, but you just might feel a lot better. Revolution Worldwide Sexual Revelation. And I am here broadcasting live from Bonoboville with the one and only Kay Parker. And I can't hear myself in my headphones. I know I'm recording, but it, it is always more pleasurable. And I am an, a hedonist, an ethical hedonist, but I like to feel the pleasure, hear the pleasure of my voice in my ears. That's better. That's better. Thank you. And if you're listening to us live, well, it's um, beginning to feel a lot like Christmas. Yes. So I'm wearing my red uh, and black arm, arm warmers. warmers. <laughs> it's kind of chilly here in New Bonoboville. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I got hot because we were talking about one of the hottest scenes in, I would say, cinematic history. Mm. I'm going to include all kinds of cinema. It's hot. It's hot. It's wild. And it's taboo. It is. It's like nothing you want to do or nothing. No, you don't want to do it. Don't do it. But, of course, you do. Some of you want to do it. Uh, and... <laughs> <laughs> and so there we have the nature of taboo. Uh, and there we have the nature of, a, of, of something that is considered extremely hot in a shame-based culture such yes. as ours. And when I say culture, I mean human culture. I mean it's in China, it's in America, it's in Europe, it's in South America. Well, maybe not so much in South America. But <laughs> there, well, I don't know. Maybe I, not so much in Europe. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe more, a little more in America. You make a point of, of saying, you know, religion brings it out to some degree. Mm -hmm. Even though it can help us to deal with our pain, it can also make us feel a lot of shame. Mm -hmm. Hel it helps with the shame. Yeah. So, uh, so from shame to passion, you know, and, and because we live in a shame-based ba culture, often our passion has little like flecks of shame in it sort of inter like spice 
I think it's okay. But if you have too much shame, that spoils the whole enchilada. No, so uh, a little bit okay. You just you understand you have a spanking or something, but uh, but passion, passion is what we all crave. And and yeah. what is it really? So you had this friend mm -hmm. and um, a very interesting friend, like an almost tantric relationship. I would call, he was a mentor. He taught me so many things about energy and power. And he used a technique um, which we refer to today as muscle testing or applied kinesiology, which is used uh, across the board by health holistic practitioners and chiropractors and what have you. And um, so I learned so much from him about myself, my own, my own emotional, psychological dynamics. And you had an orgasm without touching. Yes, yes, yes. And it was yeah. like a, a female ejaculation orgasm yes, without was. touching. Without touching. It's just looking into each other's eyes. Yeah, yeah. Like bonobos. Yeah. <laughs> or tantric sex practitioners. Yeah. But it was more than that. It wasn't even just the. It wasn't even just looking into each other's eyes. It was like he held an energy. Mm that that w when you're around that energy you just you just can't break away in a sense but it's 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 a stillness it was a stillness it was a beingness you you're so present there's nothing there are no thoughts going on it's like a it, it, it's like transfiction is that mm. a word i was transfixed yeah so i just made that up so um mm -hmm. i was transfixed and I felt totally comfortable and trusting of this person. And he kept, as I write in the book, he kept boring into my third eye. It was like, okay, mm. now let go a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And there was no touching. Wow. There was no touching. We, I mean, normally we would have. We were, we were huggers and, and, and uh, touchers. <laughs> but there was no hugging, no touching of any kind. It was just one of those moments where you kind of, create this little capsule mm. of energy and I just released and I <laughs> nobody was more shocked than me I was totally shocked because mm -hmm. I'd never experienced anything like that wow and it was it was it was to me it was just like a demonstration of the most beautiful place to be of total trust mm. no fear yeah for Nothing. sure yeah, do you know so Barbara Corellis because she know. talks about thinking off in her book Ecstasy is necessary. Mm -hmm. Hi, Barbara. Gave you a plug. Hope you appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's it's a it's a lot about that that kind of thing. Thinking off, you know, kind not. I mean, in her case, she was trying to have an orgasm. I almost oh. feel like you weren't even no. trying. You were just it just sort mm -hmm. of rolled. Uh, it just happened through you. It just happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, one day he calls you up and he says, "I got a, a passion test, which is yeah. related to the test where you put your." What is muscle this called? Testing. Muscle testing. Kinesiology. Yeah. Yes. Kinesiology, right. right. And the regular test, like, it, it tells if you're telling a lie or, or it's what, it what you care about or something. It, it's, it's, what, it's what weakens the body and what strengthens the body, basically. So it's, it's like, you could call it negative, positive, but you, if you hold a thought and you extend the arm and, and push down on the arm, if it's a positive thought, it will hold strong. But if it's right. negative, it'll go weak. Right. And so this stuff works in a crazy it way. It does. It's, it's amazing. Mm. But he called me and he said, I've discovered the muscle test for passion. 
And so my response was, I'll be right over. Because <laughs> I wanted to know what it was. Right? So, so I did. I went right over. And he said, OK, so here's what you do. You sit in a chair with your feet about in, uh, okay. your knees about a foot apart. Your hands go behind the neck. Your fingers are interlaced. Mm-hmm. And you That's think to keep you from touching anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, for some reason, he, he, was, he was like a crazy scientist with all this stuff. Yeah. It was great. He had all these different muscle tests. But this one was particularly different. You know, it was seated, seated, the knees are a foot apart. A little sexy are, with your legs <laughs> apart. <laughs> and he said, okay, so here's what I want you to do. Think of a time where you were in passion. So I was like, let's think about this. So one of my great loves of all time. You thought about a a personal Yes, a a romantic romantic Mm. situation with the yellow roses and uh, sherry at that time and the crackling fire and the... Sex. Sex. Actually... To me, it was it was it was less about the sex. It was more about just the fact that that person was there, and just giving me all of his attention and mm. and you know caressing and kissing and just it wasn't even I, I didn't go to the sex. It, strangely, Not right away. <laughs> 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 okay, so you you conjure up this romance, yeah. you know, crackling fire, yeah. and the sherry, and the. So the, he the said, man you loved, or exa- yeah, okay. yeah, for years, and then and he said, so here's what I'm going to do: hold that thought, and I'm going to try to push your knees together, resist. Okay. So the whole idea with kinesiology is you resist. It's yeah. not it's not like trying, it's not like willing it, mm-hmm. but you resist. So, and I so I did that, and he pushed my knees together, they just flopped together, and he said that wasn't passion. Oh my. And that shocked me. Yeah, shocking. And he said, think of another time. So same person, another time. Same thing happened. And finally, I said... (laughs) Well, there was... You know, here's here's what I realized in retrospect, and that was that there was something wrong with this situation. Mm. I I, I wasn't honest with this person. He wasn't honest with me, or maybe he was, but I wanted more, and I couldn't express that at the time. And uh, and I was accepting far less than I was worthy of. But, you know, didn't know it at the time. So finally I said, okay. the passion test. The passion test. It did, right. So then I went, wait a minute. Because I finally got it. I finally got it. You know, because he kept looking at me, my, my friend who was doing this test. <clears throat> and I said, I'm going to hold another thought. And I, I held the thought of the scene from Taboo, the seduction scene with the son. Yes, the seduction scene, Taboo 1, mother, <clears throat> son. Help my hands behind the neck, help my knees. I wasn't even trying. And he could not move my knees. He could not move my knees. And he said, they that was passion. That's right. That's exactly what he said. And I said, no wonder that sucker sold so many copies, right? Because yes. the soul knows what it sees. That's right. It, That's it, right. It gets, the frequency comes through the camera, right? And passion and is not all like romance. Yeah. It's not, not necessarily lovey-dovey romance. Passion, there's often mm-hmm. a conflict going on. There's some conflict. Lovers can't be together, but you, you find a way to be together, and it's, there's a push-pull going on. To me, the reason that that tested for passion to me, why was I impassioned in that moment, was because I surrendered. 
Yes, I the was final in surrender. Total yeah. surrender. In this conflict, conflict, conflict. Yeah. But that makes the surrender yes. so profound yeah. when you finally do. Yeah. And you just, whoom, it's like yeah. you're carried away on this wave of passion. Absolutely. Not just as uh, the character, but as, but, but Kay mm. was also in total surrender in that moment. And this is so. why I do encourage people to role play yeah. and to... to yeah you know, bring some of that conflict into their sex lives mm. that maybe they don't want to cultivate like in their real life, but just in the bedroom, just to put, give it that spice, mm -hmm. you know, because certainly taboo is nothing if not spicy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's very, very <laughs> spicy. And, and it, uh, let's see, where is this? Um, this is the picture of you with some the kind award. of award. It was um, Best, I think it was the best um, video that year. We called them videos in those days. Right. <laughs> and yeah. it was it was a video. I, I, I don't quite understand. Was it was it shown in theaters at that point or not so much? That was like no, in the very beginning of showing stuff on video. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it had best sales. You were in, in that age, the golden age, like sex world. That kind of thing was was in the, the theaters. Yes. But then this yes. was. Uh, one of the first big sellers on video, if not the first big seller. Yeah, because on video. I think the, the most of the theaters had closed down by by that time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and people were watching at home. At home, <laughs> women, women yes. came out of their closets. Oh yes, <laughs> and I mean, much as this movie, I mean, is very controversial uh, in so many ways, and uh, I mean, it, 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 these themes aren't even dealt with now, but it did. It did really give you a woman's point of view, an older woman's point of view, mm -hmm. you know, that a lot of the golden age films just didn't do. It was all about boys night out and, you know, girls just kind of provide for the boys and and you you don't really know what's going on with these women. But in Taboo, you you know, you get a good idea of what is going on and and all the torment and the desire and the passion. Uh it's and yeah, and 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 also the um, the the camaraderie between women. Uh, Aunt Peg is is Aunt your Peg. friend, yes, and she's hilarious. Who's no longer with us? I know. God yeah. bless her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but she, she was she was hilarious, and she represents kind of the totally liberated woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your son! Oh, let me masturbate while you tell me about having <laughs> sex with him. I mean, it's just so outrageous. <laughs> it's just so... I mean, yeah. it's outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. But, you know, there is that humor side yes. of like, can you... I mean, even if you could imagine... There's certain things that are very realistic, like the shower scene. It's like, okay. Uh, but, uh, and then the sex, I don't know. There's so much passion there, you can't... Um, it's like it, you don't know what's real. What it, it's like a dream. It is like a dream. Mm -hmm. That that's. Mm -hmm. It's like you are coming out of a dream, and of course he is kind of sleeping. Yeah. But then it's real, and then you yeah. know you have to deal with the aftermath. Yes. Uh, but the scene with Aunt Peg is like farce. It's yes. like you know, yes. you're, you're <laughs> trying to get some help from your friend, yeah. and she's yeah. masturbating away. <laughs> You're not listening to me. Yeah, yeah. But know, speak, speaking of that, you know, it's funny. I, I, I was connected. Uh, somebody connected with me on Facebook a couple mm -hmm. of days ago, and he was a 
the son of a friend of mine who was a, she was an amazing uh, woman who was no longer with us. And I remember when he was a teenager, um, he knew he knew every line. He knew every line from the movie. And whenever we would get together, he would just he would just start reciting some of my lines. <laughs> he used to thoroughly embarrass me. But anyway, it was good. Oh well, there's just so many comments and things. I mean, as we were promoting this show, I just ran across so many people just just talking about what a profound effect you had on their psyche. Mm. You know, you're you're right there. You know, mm. mom, it's eerie, right? Yeah. And but do you have biological children? I don't. You don't. It's don't. probably for the best. I don't. I know. Yeah. I'm not. No, I mean, yeah. it's. <laughs> listen, I'm a lover, not a breeder myself. Uh, but and and I, I mean, moms have su such a, a tremendous responsibility, and we love you, moms, all you moms. Yeah. Um, it's just, I don't know. I'm just going to leave it at that. It's interesting yeah. that. You know this mom icon. Yeah. Although you know, I've I've always been. I, I'm I'm a Virgo. And are you so laughing about me being a lover, not a breeder? Yeah. <laughs> That's a great line, isn't it? <laughs> I didn't. I wish I'd invented it. But so I used to. Uh, I've always been one that my friends could come to and use my shoulder to cry on. And so there were many years when I be, most of my friends called me Mama K. You are very maternal so. and nurturing. You have a nurturing. And and I think in those days too, you know, it's like the hippie times, you had a very much of a Mother Earth personality. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I um, yeah. <laughs> so I have uh, a, a tweet question. Uh, from porn star fan, uh, who's also known as Panty Boy. Hi, Panty Boy. He's a fan of the show, and he's a big fan of yours. And his question is, who are your best or favorite female porn star friends? Well, I have to say Veronica Hart. Of course. Of we course, love Veronica because, Hart. Because, uh, honestly, I didn't stay in touch with many of the people from the business. I stayed in touch with Howie, which is yes. Pacheco. Seika. 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 Hi, Seika. Hi, Seika. We, we hope to see, see her, her at the Hollywood show. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We will. We'll all be together. Great. It's so great. great. Yeah, Seika and I had a special bond, and I love her dearly. Yes, and there's a and picture Jane. of you and yes, Seika here. Yes, yes. Uh, and Annette. Uh, Haven. Haven, and uh, you're here in Washington. That was at the Sixth World Congress of Human Sexuality. It was a historic event where a contingency from the then Adult Film Association, the AFA, were invited by the sexologists to come and, and uh, form a panel. It was great. Yes, it was great. yes. It's, it's always great when, you know, people can have a meeting of the minds. Yes, exactly. And I, I happened. know from your book, you said that uh, one thing that had a pro profound effect on you and uh, Seika and Annette was uh, when you went to the President Abraham Lincoln uh, it Memorial. It's a Jefferson Memorial, actually. Oh, it's a Jefferson, Jefferson Memorial. Memorial. But it's the words of Abraham Lincoln? or I, I think it's Jefferson's words. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Are they on the page there? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, the words are, yeah. institutions must advance also to keep pace with the times. M we might as well require a man to wear still the coat which fitted him as a boy, as a civilized society, to remain ever under the regimen of their barbarous, or the, of their barbarous ancestors. Translation. 
Translation. We, we got to move with the times. Got to move with the times. Change with the times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I was standing there, totally moved by by the, the great plaque, and uh, and I noticed Annette was standing off to the side, and she was crying too. It was like so that it was something about that whole experience that moved us both very deeply. Because you were pioneers together, we were pioneers. and, and yeah. you know you must have felt great about it, but at the same time a little insecure. You know, yeah. oh my God, because people yeah. didn't know what to make of you, uh, yeah. and you know it's 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 good to know you're on the cutting edge. Yeah. 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 So uh, what other uh, ladies, I mean, you, of course, worked with Aunt Peg, and, uh, and then Honey, Honey Wilder? Honey Wilder. Uh, Honey came into the business uh, after me. Oh, and okay. And actually, she was a friend of Paul Thomas, and Paul had called me one day, and he said, there's somebody who's considering getting into the field, getting into the biz, and uh, she's not quite sure, would you be willing to talk to her? Excuse me. <coughs> and I said, Sure. So we sat and we talked, and, and then Honey got into the business. But I guess we, so. And then she became another mom on Taboo. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of even wilder than you. <laughs> I didn't know. I kind of, I lost track. I did three, and then I said, that's it. I'm done. You know, is this. this Which is brings us to four. <laughs> okay. And I don't know exactly how I got into this. I was, I just started doing my show on the radio on KIEV, and. And and this oh, this guy uh, yeah. called um, uh, Curdy Stevens. No, don't put it on. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. They've got it queued up, but don't put it on now. Put it on later. But this is the point when you should put it on. Curdy Stevens. He invited me in to uh, to come into the studio and just. He said first. He said you're going to be yourself, but then he wanted me more conservative than myself. So I had to, I ch- kind of channeled Dr. Tony Grant, who I was writing her book at okay, the time. Okay. Did you remember Dr. Yeah, Tony Grant? I do Grant? remember yeah. Tony Grant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I r- helped her write her Being a Woman book, uh-huh. and I was doing that at, t- at the time. So I kind of tried to be very proper, like Dr. Tony Grant, uh, while I was interviewing Jamie Gillis, who had written a book about incest. Uh, and, uh, and then, of course, the movie unfolds, and he's at first very about how not to have incest and then he winds up having it with his daughter Ginger Lynn and Ginger Lynn then figured into my life because she was my guest when I was raided by the LAPD Mm. Uh, and they didn't arrest me they didn't charge me with anything and in fact they were kind of harassing me no offense guys because I love you now but I had to sue you you remember and I, I won a nice settlement, and it, we're all good now. But Ginger Lynn was my guest at the time, and uh, so I don't know. There's all these intersecting, intersecting stuff. But yeah, I was Doctor Stella Sydney. Sydney. And, and no, I can't live it down. I don't even have sex on the thing. But I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm in this, in this um, wonderful porno. Uh, and it did have some flashbacks of you, mm-hmm. you it, mm-hmm. and and you. Th- there's this big thing where there's a uh, a group where everybody confesses their incest. Of course, it's a it's like a total farce because they confess it, but people are like jerking off while they're <laughs> making their confessions, <laughs> right. and you refused to come. You said, "No, no, no, mm. I can't do it. I've mm. had a, oh, 
Okay, I, can't. I did, did I? Yeah, yes. <laughs> well, that was the story. Right, you, right, right. Yeah, because right, I right. guess they couldn't get you to be in the movie. Right. So, they, yeah. Right. So it was quite a series, though. I mean, they had yeah. like 20 of them. I went back for number nine, and I did okay. a cameo. And <laughs> that was it. I said, I, 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 you know, no. I couldn't enough. do it. Enough. enough. Enough is enough. So enough is enough. D- at that point, did you get out of the porn business completely or just out of taboo? Just out of taboo. Just out of taboo. My last my last film actually was with Seika in 1985. Okay. While I was working for Caballero as a public relations director, which was a nice segue mm-hmm. from, you know, acting and... And it was kind of nice. It was only about 18 months because the writing was on the wall at that time that that things were changing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. big time. That's around the time that Howie got out of the business, too. Yes. I think it was yes. a certain change over. Yeah. Some people stayed, yeah. but a lot of people got out. Well, AIDS was upon us. Yes. That was AIDS. And, and also... Every, you know, film was kind of like a thing of the past at that time. Everybody was right. shooting on video. Yes, and, and so the scenes were getting different. They're getting shorter, or shorter. Uh, it more focused on the sex, less focused on the story. Yes, and uh, you know, no budgets, I mean, money, no money for the budgets. Right. Yeah, I mean, the great thing about porn now is there's all kinds of porn for all kinds of tastes, all kinds of erotica, uh, and you can find whatever your fetish is. You know, you don't have to feel so alone that you're weird, because they're not trying to just do it for the common denominator. But at the same time, I think we, we've lost a lot in those stories that, mm. that actually made some very worthy attempts at integrating uh, you know, the real-life drama that movies are supposed to deal with, uh, and comedy, too, uh, with real sex. You know? And they just don't so much do that now. Yeah. I mean, I shouldn't say, I don't watch enough porn to know that they don't completely do that, and I'm sure... I don't either, and I, right, so, so I, you know, for me to talk about the industry as it is today is just not something I do, because I don't know, and I don't watch it, so... Right, so what do you do today? What, what do is I do what, today? what is, what do you, you are now a healer, a <laughs> psychic healer, a spiritual advisor... Well, you know, it's some, it's somebody said to me the other day, that so you're a medical intuitive. And I thought, oh, my goodness, that's interesting. That's a good name. Um, but, no, I've been, for the last 25 years, I've been, I've been uh, a spiritual counselor and a guide, mentor. And, um, but I feel like this is, this is actually very significant that I'm on your show tonight because I feel like I've come full circle. And I'm now ready to go back out in the world again. Mm-hmm. I've kind of been at home doing, my, doing the, he- the healing. Although, to be clear, <coughs> I don't heal anybody. You know, well, they, thank you for clarifying you that. You know, they, they heal themselves. They heal themselves. You you know, just, I'm just, you're a guide, a I'm helper. A guide. Yeah. I'm a helper. So, so um, uh, and, and I've loved every, any, every minute of it, and I continue to do it. You know, I do Skype mm-hmm. sessions all the time, and I'm, really, I'm good at what I do. Um, but I feel like it's time, th- there's something about these times, and there are these portals that have just opened on a, on a cosmic level, that it's like portals. this is... Portals. 
Major portals have just opened, are opening. It's a multiple definition <laughs> word. I like, it. I like that word. So there's a lot of energy coming in onto the planet right now. And mm -hmm. I feel like I need to get out there and talk about it. So I well, am. Well, you are. I am. Here I am. On the airwaves. Thank you. Thank you for this <laughs> opportunity. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, because because uh this is what i came to do this is what i came to do and there's always there's all kinds of ways to do it yes and i think you know the the career gave me a wonderful platform so how does um, i mean this scene this wonderful amazing disturbing riveting scene that won the passion test and that is bringing a lot of people to this show right now how does that relate to your message right now to, you know, you're helping them to heal themselves? Because, I mean, isn't the greatest healer our own mother or, or our mother fantasy? It's not even really our own mother. It's, a, it's, it's the great mother, maybe. So here's the thing about that. <coughs> so this is my answer. Yeah. What we get from the mother in most cases is, is the purest form of love. Almost unconditional. Almost maybe, unconditional. Maybe even well, unconditional. I th we, we, we would hope so, in most cases. Um, and except for those few cases where it isn't a pleasant experience, um, mothers do, they understand, they have the wisdom, they, it's, th she's, it's the nurturer. Yes. And I believe that everybody is looking for that, ultimately. I believe that in sex, we're looking for oneness with God. Ultimately, we're looking for pleasure. We're looking. We're looking for comfort. We're looking for human touch, and we're looking for all of those things. But ultimately, ultimately, and I believe that it's about it's about connection to God, mm -hmm. to the source, or whatever and other word we use. And if you want to get physical about it, I mean, who are you connected to yeah. when you're born? You're connected. You're in your mother. You are totally taken care of. You feel no stress. Uh, yeah. You know, usually, I mean, yeah. unless you got your umbilical cord tied around your neck like some kids do, but usually, you know, you're just floating there. Then you're born, and it's that first, like, blast of cold air mm -hmm. that makes you feel, oh, I'm separate. Separate. So, yeah, so it's ultimately about reconnection. Reconnection and everything that I do, everything that I do in my work is about reconnecting. So that sex scene, I mean, even yeah. though it turns a lot of people on for its literal sexuality, and there was literal chemistry there, but it's metaphorical. Yes, it is. It's very metaphorical it for our crying need to be mothered. Yes. Oh, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy. <laughs> I love you too. It's profound, what you just said. And I mean, well, but I, I actually absolutely, absolutely believe all of this. This is, this is, this is, this is it. My own, my own inner struggle, my own journey has all been pointing, you know, in this direction to discover. It's like, well, where did I separate from the whole? Mm -hmm. Where did I separate from my, 
if pardon me for this, my God self, you know. Yes. Where did I separate? Or goddess, you know. Or goddess, yeah, of course. Sorry, sorry, goddess. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. I just want to be politically correct. <laughs> I know. You know, but I usually am the one doing that. But, but yeah, where did I separate? Every day when I'm I'm doing my own personal exploration, I'm finding out when I get sick, when my hip goes out a little bit. Okay, what happened here? That I that I separate it somewhere. There's some consciousness that wants to be expressed, so that, that you know, if I can find it, then I can I readjust myself, back in my cells, back mm. in, put all the atoms back together again, and be whole. Absolutely, and so, so many of the viewers of that scene. I'm not saying it puts makes them feel whole exactly, but. It's it's like there's this separation that they're feeling, and it it it, it just there's makes something. them feel that unity. It just and there's something, you know, the way to a man's heart, you know, is through uh, his. Listen, I had help in that scene. I have to say this. I felt like there was a room full of angels or something. You know, it wasn't just me yes. giving my son my his you know just loving his glorious erection and 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 then there having is that and there it's is that glorious <laughs> it's pretty glorious damn good you and, know. and you know the whole thing about feeling uh, the whole the whole scene felt good mm. but i i you know and again i know that there are people out there rolling their eyes when i say this but i had help yeah, yeah. we're not talking about fluffers. No, okay. no we're not uh, talking. <laughs> the fluffers were very present in, in those days. Yes, yes. <laughs> but I, I didn't need fluffer. I didn't need a fluffer. I don't think he needed a fluffer. But anyway, it was, it was a very powerful moment. And the room was... My girlfriend was there who was who was very much had been a spiritual guide to me up until that point. Mm -hmm. There was a cameraman whose name I will not disclose, who is a mainstream cameraman these days, who I actually ran into out in the desert a couple of years ago. I took myself on a little hiatus in the desert for two days and and I'm looking at this person, I'm saying I know you. You shot Taboo. Oh, wow. And it was a pretty amazing moment. But but there were there, there was a lot of energy. Absolutely. And it was almost as if the universe conspired to bring a certain group of people together to do this. Mm. And I, just ha I was just a tool. Yeah. And <laughs> I was Dr. Who was it? Dr. Stella Sidney. I was Stella there Sydney. too. All right. And Ron Jeremy, let's give a shout out to Ron, hey, okay? Ron. Because he's he's in and out of all these orgies throughout Taboo. He doesn't actually have any scenes with you, but he's in and no. out of it. I don't know. think he was in the first. Maybe not the first one, but the second one. I don't know. He's in and out of orgies. You see him and his hairy back. You know, uh, he looks great. He looks great. Yeah. Anyway, it's uh, it's so fantastic to have you here, and I, I hope this is the beginning of our <laughs> friendship, friendship. You know, that we know each other so. now because yeah. I've been an admirer of yours for a long time. So thank, thank you, David. You I'm gonna kind of uh, show the two of you now. Here you go. Thank you, um, David. <laughs> yes, and uh, thank you for for bringing Kay Parker here. <laughs> today well, and uh, of course we'll we'll see you we'll see everybody at the, at Hollywood, the Hollywood show, show Hollywood right. show yeah absolutely is, uh, what are going the details on, uh, when on is that going on 5th 4th January 3rd through 5th right. uh, and it's going to be at the Lowe's Hollywood Hotel so we're very excited about that mm -hmm. um, and uh, 
<clears throat> and use your also, condomania condoms, okay? If you are out there having some sex, um, use some condoms, and the best condoms are from Condomania. We're also very excited about Bonoboville, which is yes, about to Yes, Bonoboville is launching. A, it's a, certainly it's a, our social media a site. new kind of social media site. Oh, an yeah. extraordinary new site. <laughs> and so if you'd like to be one of the founding fathers or mothers <laughs> of Bonoboville. <laughs> join it, Bonoboville.com. Bonoboville.com, do it now. Do it now. Nice. This is a picture of Kay when you were in Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. It was probably around that time. <laughs> this is a famous picture. <clears throat> I love this picture where you're so discreetly I know. <laughs> covering your crotch. It's so cute, yeah. That's so great. And then this one is where you're getting your feet into the cement somewhere? Outside the, the then erstwhile Pussycat Theater on Hollywood Boulevard. Oh, Hollywood. okay. Oh, yeah. It's no longer. Uh, it's, a, it's now a gay theater, I believe. But unless they pulled up the cement slabs, the, the prince is still there. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again. And uh, look for Kay's book on her site at Kay Taylor Parker. Okay, you can uh, download it. That's what I did. And, uh, and also the audio version is yeah. probably just wonderful to hear your lovely English accent reading these passionate passages. Mm. Mm. And you'll learn all about, you know, all the star children and everything. All right, so... No, wait, uh, wait a minute yes? now. Hold, hold, okay. hold on just a second Yes, Captain here. Max. I'll be right back. Hold on. Don't go away. Oh. <laughs> okay. I thought we were out of time. I have to, uh, I have to clarify the oh, beer clarify. controversy. Oh, the beer controversy. Yes. Oh, yes, yes. Go ahead. So actually, Susan doesn't like beer, no. but she likes <laughs> this. Oh, this okay. Is what you stole from the kitchen. I didn't steal it. You told me I could have that. <laughs> and tucked it away. Yeah, you, you gave it to me. And what is it? It's hard? Yeah. But this is, yeah, this one I might like. I gave like. you the wrong thing. Right. Okay, but that, okay. So I couldn't figure out what was going on. Okay. Well, thank you so much for clarifying that, Max. That was wonderful. That was really wonderful. It was. Rarely, I thoroughly Rarely do it. we have, so usually we have to have 12 people oh, in no. order to carry a show. No, no I, knew, I knew this was, uh, well. no, so I love Ron, but I'm glad he didn't show up. No, I'm glad nobody <laughs> else was here. I love I'm, you, Ron, and I'm glad you was, didn't show up. This was good. <laughs> yeah. <It was> wonderful. <laughs> he won't take it personally. Really? Okay, so I think we're going to go. You know, I hate to go on this one, but we are going to have to go, and we'll be back mm -hmm. later, like next Saturday, with another live show. But um, this has been amazing with Kay Parker. Brothers and sisters, thank you so much for joining us from your home your cardboard box or your mansion on a hill, wherever you are, uh, wherever you're tuning in. I want you to be happy. I want you to be healthy and have a happy holiday season and make like bonobos, mm, not baboons, right? <laughs> make love. Whoops, which way are we going? Okay, this way. Make love, not war. You know, yes. just like they said in uh, the sexual revolution that spawned Kay Parker, make love, not war. Make love to someone you love tonight, even if that someone is you. You could watch Taboo. <laughs> and from our house to your house, thank you for having us. Thank we'll you. see you soon. Yeho! Yay! Okay. Nicely done. I'm Beautiful.
your mistress of the airwaves, but my day job is director of the Dr. Susan Block Institute for the Erotic Arts and Sciences, specializing in sex therapy over the phone. Anytime you need to talk, whether you need serious psychotherapy or a hot phone sex experience or a combination, my world-renowned telephone sex therapists are just a phone call away. Totally private, absolutely confidential. We listen, talk with you, advise you, role-play for you, fantasize with you, no fantasy is too taboo, and help you with anything from impotence to exhibitionism, fears to desires, fetishes to marriages. For more information, call us at 213-291-9497. That's 213-291-9497 anytime you need to talk. You're listening to Radio Suzy One on the World Wide Web. <laughs> 